Hello and welcome back to Stop and Go F1 for this season finale day. And of course we have to start with the incredible Formula 2. And what a weekend it has been for the Formula 2. Before we get into all of it, make sure you like and subscribe, of course. And, you know, if this is your first time watching, uh, we, just because the F1 and the F2 and the F3 are going away, doesn't mean Stop and Go F1's going away. We'll be carrying on through December into the new year as well. Loads of content coming up for you. Uh, so make sure you subscribe for that. Also, make sure you subscribe for this wonderful tie, ladies and gentlemen. I went online... And I bought the worst tie I could possibly find. Formula One related. Checkered flag. Lots of classic cars on there. My goodness. There you go. Dressing up all nice and fancy for you on this season finale day. Well, let's talk about Formula Two and start with the sprint. Because, of course, it is the championship deciding weekend. It's gone all the way to the end. Uh, at the start of the weekend, it was Porsche versus Vesti versus Owasa, but because Owasa didn't get pole, he was no longer in contention. So it is uh, Porsche versus Vesti. Going into this, Porsche has a 25-point lead, but after an awful qualifying, he will start both races in 14th. Um... And also, before the sprint, he was under investigation for a practice start infringement. Now, I didn't hear anything else about this ever again throughout the rest of the, rest, rest of the weekend. But, you know, from an outsider looking in, it almost looked like Porsche was trying to throw this away at the start of the weekend. For the sprint itself, we do have... Uh, Fittipaldi on pole, Frederick Vesti alongside in P2, and as I said, Theo Porsche uh, in 14th. Further down the grid, uh, Paul Aron stalls um, on the formation lap. He was one of two people uh, who were who have been in F3 all year, but made their F2 debut this weekend. Uh, Paul Aron did finish third in F3. The other person who is competing in F2 this weekend, who has been in F3, was Franco Colapinto, who was um, who finished fourth in F3. Colapinto starting twentieth in both races. At the start of the sprint, we have some fantastic wheel-to-wheel -wheel racing between Fittipaldi and Vesti. Fittipaldi getting the better of that, but Vesti is able to take the lead on the straight. Then we have a four-wide moment for the lead at the end of the straight between Vesti, Vashor, Fittipaldi and Hajar. Vesti goes from first down to fourth. We have a uh, safety car because Correa has had an incident uh, and he has spun and stalled the car. Arthur Leclerc is also out. Behind the safety car, our top four is Fittipaldi from Hajar, from Vashor, from Vesti. Uh, Tail Pocher down in ninth at this point, making up five positions in one lap. But only the top eight will get points in this sprint race. Uh, Vesti, I don't know the name of his engineer, but his engineer has been absolutely fantastic this weekend. Uh, just kind of mentoring him through the whole weekend, doing a great job. At this point, he just says to go for it because he's got absolutely nothing to lose. Just try your hardest, get as many points as we can, and see where we finish. Uh, Leclerc is actually not out, um, but is under investigation due to a safety car infringement. The safety car ends on lap 6, and Vesti pretty much passes for sure instantly to get up into P3. Victor Martins is further down the grid, and he appears to have a damaged front wing. And he's falling down the grid 
quite quickly to the point that on lap 8 he does pit for a brand new front wing. Uh, Tail Porsche passes Cush Miney for P8, so uh, Porsche now in the points on lap 8. Owasa is able to go deep uh, onto Porsche and gets past for P7. Owasa also was able to get past um, Cush Miney. Uh, Vesti versus Hajar for P2 is happening further up the grid, and uh, Hajar is weaving a lot. Uh, surpri I'm surprised he didn't really get a penalty for this. He was kind of just on the edge of getting a penalty for weaving there. But Vesti goes round the outside of P2 on lap 10. Vesti absolutely on fire here. Uh, he's now 2.2 seconds behind Fittipaldi, who has the lead, and Vesti is just setting fastest lap after fastest lap to try and hunt him down. Uh, Hajar and Vashor are now having a bit of a battle for P3, and Vashor is able to win that one. A 10 second penalty for Arthur Leclerc for the safety car infringement, but I think at this point he was 20th, so I don't think he really cared. On lap 17, Vesti is within DRS range of Fittipaldi, and just like half a meter later, he's in front. Vesti really on it here. Uh, there is huge lockups for both of them um, into turn 5 on lap 18, and this is when I started to wonder about Vesti's tyre wear, because he'd really been pushing the car. I thought he might have kind of just cooked his tyres. Um... Oh, sorry, I, I I said Vesti got past. He didn't get past. I lied to you all. I'm so sorry. Vesti is still behind Fittipaldi at this point. Um, what seemed to happen is every time he'd get really close and really close and really close, then they would go into sector three, where overtaking is pretty much impossible, so that he had to just sit behind um, Fittipaldi again as Fittipaldi would try and build up a lead through that section. Then as they get back on the straights, Vesti would be on him again. Really quite good cat-and-mouse stuff between Vesti and uh, Fittipaldi. Fittipaldi, though, has another lock-up. I think Fittipaldi pushed his tyres too hard at the start, when he was in that clean air, he was just going for it to try and build a gap. He should have really kind of paced himself at the start because Vesti was coming through. Then once Vesti had got past into P2, then try and push because he really cooked his tyres here. There's a massive dive bomb from Frederick Vesti to take lead on lap 20 of 23. Further down, we have Hauger and Hajar going at it uh, for P4, the two Red Bull juniors. Uh, Duan and Porsche have caught the back of these two as well at this point. Hajar goes far too deep into turn nine, and, and Hauger is just allowed to go right through but Frederick Vesti wins the sprint. Fittipaldi coming home in second, uh, Richard Vashaw in third, and Teo Pocher finishing in seventh, so he gets two points out of the sprint, but that is not enough to secure the title on the Saturday, meaning it goes through to this morning's feature race. And here is how we stand. So, if Porsche doesn't score any points, Vesti needed a minimum of third place and the fastest lap to become champion. If Vesti was to win the race, Porsche would need to finish fifth. And if um, Vesti won with fastest lap, Porsche needs fourth. So it's still very much in the hands of Porsche with that great points lead he had uh, built up. But after that bad qualifying, it could really go either way, especially with the fire that has been lit under Frederick Vesti this weekend. So we start the race with uh, Vesti in ninth, Porsche 14th, Jack Dewan on pole with Victor Martins alongside, uh, Colopinto and Mason stall on the grid, so they start from the uh, pit lane. 
And as we start the race, there's a fantastic uh, start for Kushmini, who's instantly up into P2, meaning that Jack Dewan is able to just go off ahead as he had no fight from Victor Martins alongside. Ollie Behrman has a fantastic start from 17th to 10th in just one lap. Uh, now, going a few laps into this, lap 6 is where we see Owasa and Porsche pit, which at the time I thought was very early, but it seems to work out okay for him. Uh, Behrman comes in on lap 8, as does Miney and Crawford. Now, Ollie Behrman comes out ahead of Porsche, but at this point, I started to notice that something might be a little bit wrong. The rear of Behrman's car was incredibly twitchy, which you could just put down to cold tyres, but also you could see little puffs of smoke coming out of the exhaust for Ollie Behrman. Um, Zane Maloney and um, Dennis Hauger and Isaac Hadjar, they all pit on lap 9, uh, and then also on lap 9 is when Porsche is able to get pa back past Behrman. Behrman, when Porsche pitted, was ahead, when Behrman pitted, he came out ahead, but um, Porsche, with the warmer tyres, and also with Behrman's car not entirely playing ball, the Porsche is able to get up and past and ahead. Uh, Dewan pits from the lead on lap 10, and this is where we hear another bit from Frederick Vesti's engineer just telling him, right, next 10 laps have to be quality laps. Anything less, and we're not going to win this title. So, you know, he's really pushing him there. Um... Now, Behrman was on the back of Porsche, still staying within a second of Porsche, keeping that uh, DRS, but he makes a big mistake into turn one, going off, coming back on. Now, we saw him actually make this mistake a few times in qualifying, and he makes it again here, and it makes me think how much of it really is, you know, the car has an issue, which it did, but also I don't think this track really suits him, because he hasn't really had pace all weekend. Um... Zane Maloney is able to overtake uh, Josh Mason, but he overtakes him in Sector 3 of the track, where overtaking is impossible. We've always been told you can't overtake there. I can't remember the last time we saw an overtake there. So the really the, the question is, is Zane Maloney that good, or is Josh Mason that bad? But either way, fantastic overtake from Zane Maloney. Uh, Arthur Leclerc gets a no penalty, five seconds this time, for leaving the track and gaining an advantage. Uh, Collar Pinto is out of the race in the pit lanes. So not a great debut weekend for him. And then Ollie Behrman is out on lap 18. He really just slows down the car, puts himself into limp home mode because something just went completely wrong. Uh, but limp, ho limp home mode does not last long enough as he pulls into the pit lane and just as he's getting in the pit lane, the car completely stops. He doesn't fully block the pit lane entry, but his car is a little bit in the way. This causes the FIA to close the pit lane for now, um, but they keep the green flag on the track. Uh, what this also means is that Victor Martins is Rookie of the Year. Victor Martins came into the weekend with a one-point lead from Oli Behrman, but now Oli Behrman is out. It does confirm that Victor Martins is Rookie of the Year for Formula 2. Uh, they open the pit lane again, but the car is still there, which was very strange because it hadn't moved at all from when they closed it. But there you go. Frederick Vesti does pit a couple laps later after he had moved the car. Uh, Porsche is ahead of Frederick Vesti on the track after the after the pits, but Vesti is on the much faster tyres with 10 laps to go. Victor Martins pits from the lead on lap 24, and we have a lovely little battle between Awasa and Zane Maloney for P3. Leclerc pits on lap 25, and Dewan really takes the lead. Uh, Frederick Vesti 
past his tail pusher, but then tail pusher gets him back on lap 25. And, you know, we can point to many points throughout the season as to where the title was decided. You may say in Spa, when um, Vesti spun on the formation lap and wasn't able to take the take the uh, grid, even though I think he was P2 or P1 on the grid, that's when it could have been lost. You could say in the Dutch Grand Prix, when Vesti didn't have his tyres attached um, and, you know, Tail Pocher made a mistake, he DNF'd, it was... Vesti's time to earn some points, but his team didn't get the tyres on correctly. That's when he lost it. You could point to Monza and say, look, Vesti made a mistake here and crashed. That's when he lost it. But you could also point to this moment. And this isn't necessarily Vesti losing it, but Porsche winning it. Because Porsche doesn't need to fight here. He doesn't need to hold him up as much as he does. You know, he the championship is within his hands. You can just bring it home. You just go, right, Vesti, you go on forward. We'll see you at the end, see who wins. But no, he really goes hyper-aggressive. He really defends really well. And, you know, just puts it all on the line to win this title, battling against uh, Frederick Vesti, who was on much faster tyres, much newer tyres at this point in the race. And what we see a couple times here is Vesti will get past in the first DRS zone. But going into the second, Porsche will fight him back properly aggressively defending and fighting from both guys then Kushmini gets involved they catch Kushmini. Uh now initially Vesti passed both Porsche and Miney but then Miney went off the track and carried on going and did not give the position back this for some reason never gets raced again anyway Porsche gets passed back back past Vesti, and then just finds himself alongside uh, Kush Miney going into sector three. They're going wheel to wheel, and Miney just pushes him off the track. This brings Vesti back in again. Both Porsche and Vesti then get past Miney, and they keep on battling again. Vesti passes, passes Porsche, Porsche passes Vesti. Now Vesti then uses his head a little bit. In the first DRS zone, he doesn't pass. He just gets very close, meaning into the second DRS zone, uh, Porsche has no DRS and just has to just defend as strong as he can, but it's not enough. Vesti, faster tyres, newer tyres, DRS, gets past and goes um, up into, I believe it was P5 uh, on lap 27. Now, at this point, it's looking a bit bleak for Frederick Vesti, it's very unlikely for him to win the title. My God, this may be the best race weekend of Frederick Vesti's life. Absolutely incredible racing from the get-go, in the sprint, in the feature, leaving it all out there. You know, he was on the back foot massively, but you couldn't tell because he was doing a fantastic job. Uh, Vesti on the back of a Wasser by lap 29, and he's up into P4 uh, by lap 30. This is when the virtual safety car comes out. Josh Mason has DNF'd. He's pulled his car over to the side of the road. So virtual safety car does slow action down a bit. But it ends, I think, just with a couple laps to go. And Vesti is on the back of Maloney here. And they go properly, properly wheel to wheel to the point that they actually hit each other. And I do think that Maloney is more to blame here. Because as I go and wheel to wheel, you can see his tyres are just gone. And he slides and hits. Imagine if Vesti had done enough to win the title and then they hit on the last lap. Luckily, Vesti gets away with it and is able to continue. Maloney flies down the grid. Um, I don't even know where he finished in the end, but definitely not in the points. 
As we cross the line, though, Jack Dewan wins the race. He controlled the entire race on a fantastic job. Victor Martins comes home in P2 to uh, secure Rookie of the Year. He didn't actually need any points to secure Rookie of the Year, but he did it anyway. Frederick Vesti, fantastic uh, podium place on the final race of the year for him. Iwasa in fourth, but it is Tail Pochere in fifth to secure the Formula 2 Championship by just 11 points for 2023. My goodness. Uh, what can we say here? Porsche, you know, what's quite strange about him is he came out of the blocks in Bahrain the first race of the year and he won that feature race. And everyone was like, yep, yeah, well, we all know he's going to win this year. And I, re I remember after Bahrain, the commentators saying, look, it's not always like this in Formula 2. We don't normally have someone go from lights to flag and just win it. Stick around. And then I think the expectation was that this year Porsche was just going to dominate. But he hasn't won a race since. He's won one race all year, but he's just been relatively consistently racking up those points. You know, Vesti has won far more races. And yes, in general, Premer have won far more races than ART have. But, you know, they have just been consistently getting those points when it's needed. And the consistency wins championships. It's not just about wins. And, you know, we pointed out before, Vesti's mistake in Spa. The pit, lay, the pit crew's mistake in the Dutch Grand Prix. Vesti's mistake in uh, Monza. That's what costs championships. Those big mistakes there. When even if you're going to secure not even that many points... But, you know, it's 11 points at the end of the day that cost them this title. And you can point to three separate races where they should have picked up points. You know, they don't. if they picked up just four points in each of those races, they would have won the title. That's, you know, as cut and dry as it is. Four points in each of those races where they made big mistakes and they're Formula 2 champion this year. It's as simple as that. So, Porsche definitely deserves it. Uh, Vesti would have deserved it if it had gone his way. It's been a fantastic year for Formula 2. Really, really exciting stuff. And I think next year is going to be even better. Because I think next year we're going to have... A, we're going to have a title battle of Victor Martins, Oli Behrman. I think that's the way we're gearing up for next year. As for my hero of Formula 2 for uh, this weekend, the hero of Formula 2, if you are uh, this is your first Formula 2 video with us, is not the guy who is necessarily best, but the guy who gives you the most entertainment on that weekend. And there is no way I can give it to anyone else but Frederick Vesti, because he was incredible this weekend. Fantastic stuff. Really, really good. Perfect way to seal off what has been a fantastic year of Formula 2. And, of course, we'll be back next year to talk all Formula 2 all again. But if you can't wait till next year, we still have videos here today. Of course, we'll be covering the Formula 1 in just a few hours' time. We'll have the driver ratings for Formula 1 out tomorrow as well. And, as I said, loads of content coming out in December more content in December than I think any other month that we've done this year. So make sure you subscribe for all of that. Until then, though, have a good one. I'll see you later today for the final F1 race of the year. See you then. Have a good one. Goodbye.